Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are so thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments to connect parents and children from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions and to create space on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We actually are scheduling a thought piece to drop this upcoming Sunday, so be sure to meander over to the website and check out our online content. Now, if it is the case that you are looking for a listening alternative, well, we're available on 12 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure and we provided you with access to the links in the description down below. Now as is the convention be sure to subscribe hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post and of course if you like our conversations and you want to keep them going like comment and share this segment. Let's get into it. Hello, les mecs and les mecs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis. And today our topic of discussion is education, and we're going to be talking about the education that starts at home. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to frame relationships. So I think that this is a very interesting conversation. I have my own hot take on relationships, and I'd like to impart that on you because it is the guiding I guess, schema that I leverage when I'm building relationships and also when I'm ending relationships as well. Now, for those of you who don't know, I have an avoidant attachment style. So there are a lot of biases and a lot of rhetoric around my inability to value or to honor or to hold on to relationships. And I would like to come on here and debunk some of the myths around that because I actually really do appreciate and honor relationships and I hold them in very high esteem 
self-esteem, actually. All to say, I do believe that the R in relationship stands for risk. I think that there is a lot of risk in relationships. I think that there's a lot of room for growth, which also means that as you're growing and getting to know yourself, it's going to impact and, and change the relationships that you have with the world around you. Similarly, the relationships that you have in the world around you are gonna change the way that you orient in a relationship in and of itself. So I can recognize some of my key pivotal moments were relational, right? A lot of my key pivotal moments weren't just me, myself and I having like a light bulb moment on my own. It was based on some learning or some deep insight I gained from a relationship. And not all of these relationships are romantic. Some of these relationships are the relationship we have with our parents or the relationship we have with our siblings or the relationship we have with our peers. I mean, there's so many different styles and dynamics that we grow through that we undervalue or underestimate the impact that they have on our evolving and shifting self. All to say, despite the fact that I do believe that the R in relationship stands for risk, I believe that relationships are so important, so critical, and so vital for each of us to grow into ourselves and grow into our being. And I can say very confidently that I wouldn't be the person I was today were it not for every relationship that I've had in my life, whether they were a relationship that brought me great joy or brought me great trauma and trust and belief, I have had my share of both on that spectrum. I can still sit here and confidently say with much gratitude that I'm very happy to have had the opportunity to learn so much about life with every person that I've had the fortune or misfortune of meeting. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my childhood here. So for those of you who don't know, in my primary years, I was homeschooled intermittently. So every other year I was pulled in and out of school and I was educated at home. So that's a big reason why I'm very self-directed in my learning is because for at least 50% of the time in my formative years, I was learning on my own, which also meant that I wasn't really being governed by a curriculum. So by the time my parents kind of looked at me and saw that I was developing a little bit of social awkwardness, we'll call it that, they decided that I need to be, I needed to be in school full time. And at that point in time, we lived in a very rural area, like completely, completely in the middle of nowhere. It was incredibly rural. But not only did they decide that I needed to be in school full time, but they also moved us to a more populated area. So people who were a lot more on trend, if, if I would say. So I grew up, when I say I grew up in the sticks, like in the countryside, like really truly countryside, like a couple of acres up between two neighbors. And then I moved into like a standard, like suburban neighborhood. And that was where I was put in school full time. And I remember I was obsessed and I was advanced in, in reading and writing. I was advanced in mathematics. I was fairly ahead of the curve. And I remember my parents receiving the warning that socially, like my social intelligence had been stunted. The way that I was sort of, I guess, showing up socially is like I was very much behind my peers, especially given the fact that I grew up essentially under a rock. And I think they signaled I would probably have a hard time integrating given that, you know, my social maturity wasn't necessarily aligned to that of the peers in the school that I was heading towards. And honestly, that was one of the most pivotal years of my life. So I was horribly bullied in that school so horribly bullied. I was very much singled out and by boys, right? So a lot of the times when, I, when it comes to the pivotal relationships that are fairly jarring that I have, it has to do with boys who have singled me out and targeted me for some devious plan, let's say. But in that year, I think that was the first year that I had really encountered 
individuals who loved and hated me, right? So it wasn't one of those straightforward situations where, you know, this, this person was targeting me, he was terrorizing me on a daily basis, he was harassing me. I mean, all of the, all of the tropes, right, of bullying, like pulling my hair, pushing me, but pushing me down the stairs, calling me names. But then because he lived on my street, because of course we need to add the icing to the cake, after school, he would still come by and he would give me tips, he would give me tricks. Sometimes he would come by and threaten to have his dog eat my dog. Like it was a true, almost 24 hour cycle of, of true aggression. And that really changed the way I approached high school. I think that I, I took on that aggression. I recognized that like I was in an environment where everyone was kind of aggressive, but the men for whatever reason were fairly aggressive towards me. And I had to respond with a certain degree of aggression to just keep myself from being targeted again. But it also taught me about moderation, right? So I was introduced to that extreme and as a result, I was able to expand my ways of showing up in the world around me, incorporating behaviors that weren't necessarily the healthiest behaviors, but were the behaviors that enabled me to get through high school unscathed, right? So I wasn't bullied throughout high school. It was just a one year affair. And though it did mark me, I can say after a few years, maybe five years, or at least beyond high school, I really, developed so much empathy and so much compassion for people who were subject to that kind of treatment where I think if I didn't have that treatment before I would have been blind to it. I think sometimes we can be very blind to experiences that we haven't had. It can be right in front of us but we don't see it because we've never personally been impacted by it but I think that a lot of my sense of compassion and my sense of empathy came from being in a position where I felt like I had no voice and even my friends everyone was very afraid of this of this character everyone knew he was troubled so people just didn't want to get in the way so while they sympathized with me while many of them pitied me for being the target of his aggression many people refused to step in they refused to step in because they didn't want to be subject to that kind of attention because you know it wasn't the best kind of attention to have but I think that it created in me this desire this deep desire to be supportive to people going through a hard time because I knew what it felt like to be going through that situation where I was being victimized publicly and no one would speak up and I promised myself that I will never be the bystander silently watching someone else being terrorized and it also gave me the strength to withstand that kind of treatment and I've never received treatment to that level of aggression in my adult life. But I think that because I dealt with that and I was so unprepared to deal with it at such a, I guess, pivotal moment in my life, the way that I deal with aggression or hostility or harassment now, it's much different. I think my threshold for discomfort has expanded as a, as a byproduct of that reason. And I can kind of step away from like the situation and the impact it is having on me. And I can really look at the person who's inflicting the harm. I can really see that person and some of the demons that they're battling and some of the issues that they have and have empathy for them despite what it is that they're trying to project on me because I've developed I guess enough of a thick skin that a lot of these attacks while you know they can be aggressive very few of them have the opportunity to to be absorbed I don't necessarily absorb this behavior anymore and that's a muscle that I gained from having experienced it and being very, very unprepared, ill-equipped and, and being the only person that really I could rely on. So I think that in adulthood, it gave me a lot of empathy, a lot of compassion for the aggressor, right? For the person who is inflicting the harm and also compassion and 
a desire to speak up and to step in for the people who are being aggressed. So I think I've been able to learn from that experience. I'm able to see the pain in the person inflicting injury as well as support the person who is going through pain as a byproduct of being the target. And I think that, that has really expanded my capacity to show up as a human. So when I think about the art and relationships being, you know, about risk, there are different kinds of relationships that will bring out different parts of my identity. And I love the experience of all of it, right? So I am generally speaking, if I haven't gone through a, a, an intense situation where, you know, the relationships were very jarring, I'm a carefree person. I am someone who loves connecting, loves meeting, and I'm very carefree. But I've recognized that you can't always be carefree. There's, there's not every injury that you need to be subjected to. So different kinds of personalities now that I have the repertoire, I have the skill set, I have the lens to see the motivation or the trajectory that a relationship is on before I personally am impacted by it. I also have developed the ability to be cautious and to be careful because there is no need to, to take on additional trauma or additional injury unnecessarily. And I think that I can be carefree, cautious and careful depending on who it is that I'm interacting with because I recognize that at the end of the day, I can't protect myself from all of it, but I'm strong enough to deal with it. So I don't need to have people completely shift and change my personality or my orientation. But I do know that depending on the setting or the environment that I'm in, I'll either be very introverted, I'll, I will showcase as introverted, or if I feel the safety, if I feel like I'm around people that I can be carefree with, I can let my hair down with, then I'm gonna be carefree. I can be all of it. I don't think that at this stage in my life, at this stage in my personal growth and development, that a relationship can be so harmful that is going to completely alter my personality like for the long term. But I think what I have recognized is depending on what it is you're going through, depending on what the relationships that you have are teaching you, and there are certain ways that you show up to just prevent additional harm and to self-protect as you go through those life lessons. So do I value relationships? Absolutely. I value all relationships for what it is that they provide. And I think that when we think about relationships, we often think about the relationships that make us feel great, the relationships where we can extract, you know, feeling self-worth and feeling wonderful and feeling safeguarded and feeling loved. But I think that there's so much that we also learn from the relationships that feel awful, from the relationships that we wish would end, from the relationships that are very toxic. And I've learned a lot from both. And in fact, I think a lot of my compassion, my empathy, my gratitude, my ability to be grounded, my ability to stay centered, to stay focused, it comes from some of the really negative relationships that I have extricated myself from or that I'm extricating myself from. So I have to say that there are certain traits that I really do value and appreciate in myself that only cultivated and developed when dealing with a toxic relationship. So I do believe that going through life trying to protect yourself from relationships could shield you from experiencing parts of your humanity that will grow, that will activate depending on the kinds of people that, that you meet and are interacting with in life. But I think if you've learned those lessons, there's no need to learn them again, right? But I think for those of you who are looking to socialize, who are looking to be social, but you're afraid of what that might 
garnish. I think that it is important to go through life with arms wide open, being vulnerable, being receptive. And if someone decides to abuse that privilege and hurt you, trust that you're strong enough to bounce back from that. And you're also wise enough to know not to give that person the opportunity to do that again. So do I value relationships? Absolutely, every relationship. Do I think that relationships are a forever thing? I think that I'm not even a forever thing, right? Like we're all temporal beings. So because of that, like I don't have this fear that this relationship is gonna end because I know that every relationship is gonna end and I'm like okay with that knowledge and it will end when it is supposed to. So because I really do trust the timing of my life, I trust that the relationships that I enter and the relationships that I exit, those are the natural beginning and endings of those relationships. I'm not gonna force anything because I don't like to respond out of fear, right? So if I feel drawn to someone I'm going to go in that path and my emotional baggage or my the things that have hurt me or the traumas that I carry are not going to inform the way that I respond to that specific person if I feel drawn to them. All to say, if I feel that someone is like, you know, showing a whole bunch of different flags and all of the lessons and all of the life experience that I've gained dealing with similar types of people or people who've given me similar, you know, signals are going to show up and that's going to help me navigate that situation as well. At the end of the day, all relationships require you to trust yourself to navigate accordingly and I think that that's what I've learned because I have had so many different styles of relationships that have that have really nourished my sense of self and nourished my sense of self-awareness and self-perception and nourished my the values and the beliefs that I carry not just about people not just about relationships or about community but also just about how we show up for one another and I think that I've learned so much about that not just again from the positive relationships but also from the negative relationships and the lessons learned from the tears shed and so I think that it's really important that I come on here and I, and I speak to that and I speak to just having that freedom and flexibility to be as your setting requires you to be and in some settings that can be super extroverted super out there and carefree and in other settings you need to be like more to yourself you need to be more careful more cautious and there's no wrong way of showing up but for someone who doesn't know you who's meeting you in a specific state, I think that it's very important to reserve judgment and to recognize that a setting can dictate so much by way of how someone shows up and how they present themselves. And, and for someone who doesn't feel forced or who isn't playing or acting a certain part, make a point to see them in different settings and see them bloom, see them flourish. It's sometimes you need time. And I think always actually you need time to get to know someone and to see someone for all that they are, right? We're all complex. We all have different layers to us, especially for giving ourselves permission to be in, you know, in our authenticity to not show up the way we think people need us to show up, but showing up the way that we feel we ought to show up in that time, then it gives you an opportunity to really be surprised, to really enjoy the mystery that often is involved in getting to know someone who is open and receptive to being known and to being understood, but of course, within the frame of time. So I wanted to come in here and I wanted to talk about that. I think when it comes to relationships, a lot of it we assume we learn with life. And now I think some of it we learn with life, but 
it would be better if we had a foundation so that there are certain lessons we don't need to learn the painful way. And I think that it's really important that I come on here and I say that I do value, I love relationships. I'm just comfortable with the natural beginning and ending of relationships. And I think a lot of people aren't there yet. So I think it can be threatening to someone who is uncomfortable with a relationship that they enjoy ending, being in a relationship with someone who's comfortable with how it goes, right? However it goes and flows, I mean, it is what it is. C'est la vie is fine, right? And I think that that can be jarring, but to assume that that is a toxic trait to trust in the timing of your life and to understand that life is a chapter book with different chapters people are introduced or people are, you know, made to exit. But if you're meant to be in this book that is my life, then I don't need to force it, right? I don't need to force it. You'll be there. Regardless of what choices that I make, it, it will happen without my need to control variables and situations. So I want to come on here. I want to give that hot take on relationships. I wanted to give everyone maybe permission to just allow the relationships that are signaling closure to end, right? You're going to make room for new relationships. There's so many people in this world to meet, right? So give yourself a chance to grow, to learn, to evolve in and out of the relationships that are going to naturally unfold throughout the course of this beautiful existence that is our life. Now, that was it, but definitely not all. Maybe for letting you go, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that we will be going live at least twice a month, every month for the foreseeable future on our Facebook page. So definitely be sure to tune in. Now, these events are paid events. So if you do see yourself participating participating in our community on an ongoing basis. And I do suggest that you take a look at one of our package plans. Yes, so we do offer package plans over and above our live events, as well as access to workshops and webinars, largely focused on self-mastery over and above those live events. So we invite you to take a look at our website, see if there's something that appeals to you and be part of our hashtag game changer community, being part of the change that you wanna see, allowing us a small role to play in your journey. So we are on the road to 1K, Follow us across all of our platforms and we look forward to chatting with all of you very soon. We'll talk to you later.